Meanwhile, at the Hall of Cage. This is my snakeskin jacket, and for me, it's a symbol of my individuality and belief in personal freedom. Oh god, not the bees. Killing me won't bring back your goddamn honey. What do you think I'm gonna do? I'm gonna save the fucking day. How absurd. Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? How absurd. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. How absurd. How, in the name of Zeus's butthole, did you get out of your cell? How absurd. What's in the bag? A shark or something? How absurd. Well, I think you better pull the trigger, because I don't give a fuck. How absurd. I never disrobe before gunplay. How absurd. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Caging Greatness, your premier Nicolas Cage-themed podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the new film, and by new, I mean it dropped yesterday, Willie's Wonderland, and also how Thomas Jefferson is an insufferable prick. Today, I have my estimable co-host with me, as always, recently returned from an unearthed John Wayne cooking show viewing called A Million Ways to Pie in the West. We have my friend Cannon. Hello, everybody. It's me. I'm here. It's been a long day. Just cracked open a cold one. Not the right cold one, apparently, but still, the sound is better. And um, we're going to find out if this... Uh, this film was a national treasure, or just going to say next? Already trying to upstage me. And we have <laughs> Pat. Uh, hello, everyone. It's Peekit Pat. And Jonathan. It's Blueberry Jonathan. He just dabbed for those of you that can't see it, which is all of you, because we don't video record these. It's audio only. It's hard enough to listen to ourselves back. We're not going to watch it, too. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I'd watch it. I wouldn't. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't even like looking in the mirror. I'm not going to watch a video mirror, of me. Mirror, mirror. I'm like, shit. I don't want to look at my goblin ass. Yeah, that shit sounds terrible. <laughs> all right. So, very briefly, let's all give our rating and a quick summary before we get into the meat of Willie's Wonderland. What a fantastic double entendre that was. Mm -hmm. Cannon? Well, um... I'm assuming we're going by the five-star scale sure. that we're familiar with from Letterboxd. Uh, I'm giving it a one and a half stars. Uh, I could, of course, give my... You said just a brief sentence? Yes, brief whatever. summary just to sum it up. Okay, well, I will say when Nick was, you know, spoilers, beating the shit out of animatronic animals, it was good times. When the camera was, you know, trying to constantly make me want to vomit. But all I'll say is it gets one and a half stars for urinal curb stomps and pinball wizards O-Face. And that's all I got to say about that. Pat, what did you think? I gave it two and a half stars out of five. Whereas I had a good time at the fun parts, though some of the... Um, 
let's just say the emptier moments left me wanting more and it felt like it was struggling to fill out its already short runtime. Okay, for mine, I'm going to consult uh, Mr. Otto the Octopus right here. Hi, Otto. How are you doing? He, he doesn't have he, a mic. We he can't looks, hear Otto. He looks mad. Yeah, we, uh, uh, <laughs> we don't let Otto near the mic anymore. Yeah, he'll, he'll stay some not kosher shit. Um, yeah, uh, judging by his face, uh, I wasn't a huge fan. One star. Um, <laughs> my sort of one minute, my one sentence review, Nick Cage is great. Everything else is a cinematic failure. Now I, <laughs> I, uh, I'm going into hostile territory with people who vehemently disagree with me. <laughs> Honestly, I, say I have to show vehemently disagree with you. I'm like. He's, yeah, you're on the... So, it, honestly, it's a lot like being back in high school. I gave it four and a half stars. I adored this movie because it's everything I hoped and wanted it to be, and then some. And uh, I have taken copious amount of... A plethora of notes. Uh, Jonathan has a handful. Cannon has the scars burned into his memory. Yes. And Pat, uh, I think, had one or two things yeah, that uh, really th- stuck Some of my out. notes are more so, like, behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff. Sure. Also, I just want to go on record. I gave it a one and a half. Let's say I didn't like enjoy everything, or well, like hate everything. I mean, I didn't. I hated a lot of things. <laughs> but the the little the little nuggets that we got that were good shit, they were good shit. I, I like I, we we talked earlier before the show. None of us regret watching the movie at yeah. all. Um, although we will say there will be probably a barrier entry for the film is that. It's currently only on video demand, and it's twenty dollars to rent or buy. So that might be a bit of a gamble for you, depending. Because from what I've been able to tell, the reviews have been really varied. So much so that the the letterbox is currently sitting at like a three. So like you have a lot of people just like, oh, I love this campy, wacky bullshit. Other people are like, I hate every moment of this film. It's very polarizing. (laughs) Like it's Rotten Tomatoes as of right now. I think it's like a fifty-eight percent from the critics and it varies wildly from things like there's no fun to be had here versus this is the greatest thing I've ever seen and that one wasn't even me I agree wholeheartedly <laughs> but it wasn't me and Justin's actually review bombing in the positive for the movie <laughs> that's right I'm going to propel this some bitch to 100% <laughs> like he's just making all these burner accounts five stars five well stars. I, I will say just for shits and giggles I did go to Letterboxd to like read the reviews and like guess it was almost like a live tweeting situation where i came across jonathan's yours popped up twice actually review so nice they posted it twice it was (laughs) (laughs) roll fucking tide so just as a warning for anyone listening up to this point we will be discussing spoilers for every second of the movie obviously so full entire full frontal spoilers that is right uh now if someone had spoiled this whole movie for me it would have changed nothing. <laughs> I loved every second of it. I think the thing that stands out most to me that I honestly enjoyed, even though you think I wouldn't, is that Nicolas Cage doesn't say a single word through the entire runtime. Just a few grunts and groans, but yeah. other than that, That is one nothing. of the things I, I really like. 
It's one of the things I really like about this movie. <laughs> That's one of the things I didn't like about this movie. Oh, okay. I have my reasons. He wanted to see some cage vampires. Yeah, that, exactly. I was wanting to like balls to the wall, like ah, just fucking like madhouse cage. But madhouse cage is fun. But this is quiet, understated, destroying animatronics while having ten minute stare downs with a weasel cage. <laughs> <laughs> like stare downs were uh, epic. They While also sweet. wanting to fuck a pinball machine. That oh, pinball he did. machine. That was a very uh, erotic uh, inter- yeah. like, time he had with his and pinball. I, and I, I love pinball. <laughs> I can't say I love it that much, but, you know, to each their own. Well, clearly he's a man of passions. He likes fast cars, pinball machines, and energy drinks. <laughs> yeah, because Kate is really yeah. gulping down the, uh, the, the Grape Co. He in this movie. He was religious about his brakes. I thought it wasn't it just... Uh, I was, like, looking at those can labels the whole time, and I deciphered after, like, seeing, like, bits and pieces of the can. That had to have been, like, a fruit punch soda or, or fruit... Pop? It did say pop. Yeah, I mean, it looked like grape soda to me. Ugh, yeah. God, that just ruined everything. Now I'm going I'm to change my rating. It's getting a one star now. <laughs> grape well, well, soda? Well, <laughs> well, then I'm going one and a half. Oh! <laughs> flipped on the grape-flavored oh, soft drinks. Well, like, the first note that I have for this movie is I will never be as cool as Nick Cage stepping out of his car in the opening scene. Well... <laughs> funny you mentioned the whole um, drink scenario. You want to know what my first note was? Huh. Ew, this dude is drinking hot trunk soda. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did refrigerate it. I mean, yeah, after the fact, but still, wait. And then used it as a weapon. But apparently he has, he like, did. a schedule for his soda time. Yeah, no, he, I mean, like, they time. told him take regular breaks, and he being a military man, as judging from the dog tags, was very, very into the idea of regular breaks to the point where my favorite scene, I think, (laughs) (laughs) he and the survivor girl, because there's a Scooby gang of teenage fuck-ups who all but one die, and it's glorious. It's exactly what you want to see from these things. They're Mm. terrible, terrible actors. They're clearly stereotypes. I think they did it on purpose. Mm. But he's down with the survivor girl and they're standing up against a, a frog thing that had just killed the dude who wants to fuck the survivor yeah, Cammy girl. chameleon. Thank you. Um, and they're like, they're about to throw down there and they're fighting poses. And all of a sudden cages watch goes off cause it's break time. <laughs> and he just hands the knife to this like 17, 18 year old girl and walks the fuck away. <laughs> that was great to go play pinball. <laughs> and have his soda and when his break is over he walks back casually and just wraps a cable around the thing's neck and just drags it through a hallway with a two-punch hallway fight it is incredible yeah yeah some of the some of the animatronic uh fights are like very wild and protracted and some of these animatronics have like glass jaws but it, it is funny to see over the course of the film nick Cage just like brutalizing some of these like animatronics and like the first one he doesn't even bat a fucking eye he's just standing there turns around there's an ostrich in front of him he's like well i guess i gotta kill this thing and he, he, he fucking murders it he, he he fucking pulls a fatality on this motherfucker mm-hmm. just rips that fucking spine out which right. was my review for the movie nick cage for the next mortal Kombat dlc <laughs> and, and <laughs> honestly they, they, I agree. Awesome. they named johnny cage after him yeah because, you know, it was supposed to be a Jean-Claude Van Damme video game, and then he pulled his likeness out, and that's when they made Mortal Kombat. And Johnny Cage was going to be the Van Damme character. Since they couldn't use him, they picked another actor, Cage. 
and the more you know. <laughs> right, but the premise, like we need to set up why he's in this place killing animatronics, right? So he's, he's driving through a podunk town and he runs over a spike strip that we learn later has been placed there by the locals because they've made a satanic deal with these animatronics that are inhabited by the souls of serial killers, which is my favorite sentence I've said this week. <laughs> and uh, in order to pay for it, they don't take cards because they have no internet, of course, uh, so there's no ATM. So he has to clean up Willy's Wonderland. And so he's locked in there, murdering animatronics, and then cleaning in the middle of it. Like, he's completely, like, nonplussed by all the horror and shenanigans that happen yeah. over the course of the film. He just, whenever something decides to fuck up, he fucks up right back. Like, his whole attitude can be summed up with the phrase, of fucking course, this is what happens. And it's so good. But I'm clearly in the minority on that. Because the thing is, is what you're describing yeah. are the parts I really enjoyed about sure. this movie. Sure, and that, yeah. was, that was most of the movie's runtime, if we're being real. Like, it was, it was the solid... 65% of the movie's runtime. Maybe 70. To me, it felt like 20. And, and the re- like the, the surrounding plot with these teenagers, the cops, this outside cop. Oh, the exposition t- teenagers. We needed them. <laughs> but it worked so well because they're clearly mocking that trope. Like, they're not oh, being obviously. serious. Bubble girl? Like, like what, what the fuck? Like, the teenagers get introduced... And then 90% of them are murdered within 20 minutes. Yeah, they're, they're knocked out in pretty quick succession. Although, I, it, like, they are very stereotypical. Uh, s- some might be a little uncomfortable because, like, there's a, there's a black teenager who's, like, very stereotypically black. We got to get the hell up out of here and shit like that. And then there's a teenage girl who's, like, dressed like a cartoon drawing of a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> pretty accurate. And, of course, those are the two that end up fucking in the happy fun room. Yeah. Where the serial killers made a satanic dealing with the devil and where their bodies are now in the animatronics. So then the town forms a deal with them so that they will... feed them visitors, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the animatronics, they would leave the the building and start... It would kill people in a town in order to curb that. It's like, stop killing people in a town and we will let... You know, people outside of town be your blood fuel. Yeah, that but, that whole part just is. You know what I thought of during that part? Hey, let, let's go into the the room where you know people off themselves. I'm I'm sticky wet right now. Let's do this. That was, <laughs> that was the place. Yeah, to I be know. Ridiculous. But you know who did it better? Whatever insurance commercial was like. Why don't we get in the car? No, let's hide behind the chainsaws. I mean, that's that's accurate. But, I mean, that black kid, though, had some of my favorite lines in the entire movie, that including is, uh, the part where they went into the room, and she's like, this is getting me kind of horny. And he's like, oh, you a freak freak. I thought that his delivery, like, that kid's going to be a star I, out of any of them, especially more than Survivor Girl, who was terrible, yeah, and the crusty old bad. sheriff, who I know I've seen somewhere else. I don't remember what the hell she's She's from. been in a lot of movies. Like, her... Oh. Her, oh, like, yeah. pigeonholing is, like, a, like, yeah, she's, like authority, uh, uh, yeah. like, conservative types. Very well-known character actor. Her name is her Beth face. Grant, I think. Yeah. yeah like, All right. She, that's my she, great aunt. She was in yeah. uh, such classic movies as mm. No Country for Old Men, well. Little Miss Sunshine, mm. Rain Man, mm. The Artist, The Original Speed, uh, yeah. Rango, Child's Play 2, 
Eddie Murphy, Doctor Doolittle, Pearl Harbor, Donnie Darko, uh, and Southland Tales. I hope that like everyone can hear the host of the podcast phone going off in the middle of his own podcast. I'll have you know that that was my <laughs> reminder to meditate today because I'm trying to better my mental health. And that's good. But put your fucking phone on silent, you rude bastard. <laughs> I thought it was. Maybe this can serve as a reminder for all of our listeners to go uh, meditate for five to ten minutes a day. It's not that long. Because it, it improves your overall mental health. It's very good for you. And you can uh, use the time after to watch WandaVision, you fucks. What's wrong with you? Hurry I mean, the fuck up. Hello. There's this only week's three episode, weeks left, y'all. This week's episode, my God. I had to get that plug in there. I wonder what we're going to tell them to watch when WandaVision's over. Um, Falcon, the Falcon Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, probably. We just Very tell fair. y'all to watch the Marvel <laughs> shows. <laughs> I watch, watch Marvel. I just want to go back a little bit. Um, the, uh, the tow truck driver? Yeah. yeah. Guy, um, his whole first scene, I was just like, it's like the worst Boomhauer impression I've ever heard in my life. I couldn't make out a single fucking thing he was saying. Thank God for the subtitles for once. But again, that was the point. Kate yeah, was I know. Looking at him, and plus no. he had a, a fat ass like beef jerky stick in his mouth. Also, the whole movie. if I'm not, I think yeah, beef was jerky a, was stick. Was it beef? I thought it was a cigar. No, nope. it was, that was totally stick. a beef jerky really? stick. Really? Yes. I thought it was a cigar. It was like that looks like meat. It That's, was a beef. Jerky if not, stick. like I mean, if anyone out there is listening who likes to, you know, like dissect people with beef, with possibly beef jerky in their mouth. Let us know if we're right, because I'm like 95% convinced that was no cigar. That yeah, was I mean, fucking jerky. It was never lit. I just yeah. thought it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I like to smoke my stogies. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, well, I mean, didn't Nicolas Cage put that spike strip in the trunk of his car? Um, uh, I don't think he did. I think he did. But like, I, I think they put it in there. Didn't they put it in there to take it back to the sheriff? I don't even think that they showed up at that point. I remember him just like randomly throwing it in the trunk, just waiting on somebody to pull up. That's fair. I mean, he was probably waiting to give it back to whoever needed it because I didn't know. I was busy writing down, I will never be as cool as Nick Cage yeah. stepping out of his <laughs> I got to return this to whoever's trying to the hills have eyes me. <laughs> but I love this movie again. <laughs> the Scooby Gang, they were, they were like so fucking forgettable. The Doobie Gang. And, mm-hmm. and like that's the best part. Is that they were? It's like they're mocking all these tropes. In the middle of ten minute stare downs with with weasels, animatronic weasels. <laughs> there, there is a lot of uh, held eye contact in the movie. Um, was was one of my sort of I guess cons for the film is that the movie's only eighty nine minutes, but it kind of felt like it didn't really have enough plot to fill out 89 minutes and there's a feel like there's just a lot of quote dead air like it's it like there's a lot of empty space in the film i don't know how but that movie felt way longer than 89 minutes to me and again i'm on the other side of this I'm gonna, it's just i thought the dead air especially him cleaning you know because like the, the time of the exposition dumps those were very very quick for that sort of movie like it, it was like obviously over the top it was supposed to be silly I don't and know. The one with Survivor Girl dragged a bit. Yeah, I remember that was, one lasting that, a hot minute. Yeah, that was really clunky. Because, like, yeah. like we said, there there are two. All the plot comes in two exposition monologues, and like, yes. sort of like a quarter to three quarters way through the film, where the 
the, the Survivor Girls. She explains the, the dark and the sordid history that's sort of colloquially known to the residents of, of the, the disappearances and the deaths. Then her uh, adoptive stepmother cop lady who's in on the biz, she explains like her history with it, like the actual deep dark, like how it got started and why we perpetuate this blood feud or this blood pact and like that whole thing. Her weird guilt around the survivor girl, her adopting there, even though she was facilitating the parents' death. Yeah, which yeah. I also don't buy because the first scene with her, she handcuffs her do- her adopted daughter to a wall and it's like, here's a piss and shit bucket. Yeah. There's that, some chips on the counter. Yeah, that, the lady sheriff, they definitely made her completely despicable. So that when she's, spoiler, ripped in fucking half at the which, end. Which yeah. was rad. Yeah. It's so satisfying. Also, how the fuck is she supposed to reach a chip? She's handcuffed to shit. I don't think they really cared. I know. Well, she's only tied to the toilet for like three minutes until like her her hood rat gang shows up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, the Kmart brand Scooby gang. Yeah. And, and then they, and then about like halfway in the movie, we cut back to the sheriff and they introduce this outside police officer who's just annoying. He was <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. trying to do good. He was trying to do good. He was trying to do good. But it's, then he gets supposed, mauled by a turtle. Supposed to be over the top. Was that a turtle? I thought it was like a the, the Mexican bird with a, a poncho No, it, it was Tito the turtle, who Tito happened turtle. to be a, a Mexican stereotype. Okay, yeah. No, who also had some of the best lines in the movie. Because it's all subtitled because he's, he's speaking Spanish. Uh, my favorite line, I, my balls. Because Survivor <laughs> Girl just starts, ta- she takes a shotgun and starts wailing on his animatronic testicles. Because I do think it's funny that these, this giant-ass animatronic has somehow <laughs> instant Dragon Ball Z instant transmission on top of the cop car. <laughs> like, pickpocketed the keys and the bullets out of the shotgun. It's <laughs> like, shells. over here... Uh, Survivor Girl. Well, I mean, if Jason Voorhees can do it, why not an animatronic Mexican turtle? No, th- that that wasn't so much a concrete as just like an explanation of what happened. <laughs> yeah. Also, with that scene in particular, when Survivor Girl starts running away, you could see the cop is just still breathing. Oh, I didn't. You even saw that. his breath. It was obviously cold when they were shooting this film, yeah. so Nobody plume of can. skin. Like Survivor Girl, help help with people and the surviving part. Yeah, cause you she don't was, just bounce out. Like, she was like either that or dude, stop breathing. You're dead in this scene. She was like guilt tripping yeah. them to like, okay, um, yeah, you're you're being a bad guy for going along with this shit. You're uh, you need to save people. You need to keep people alive. And she's just like a cab bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck the police. Am I right? Look, we've missed one essential character who I think could have been the star of his own spinoff movie, and that's the owner of Willy's Wonderland. This Doug Demodome looking motherfucker. <laughs> Tex McAdoo. Tex, Tex fucking McAdoo. That is the what? greatest villain name. Also, he name. had the longest ass cigar, did he right? not? Right? And the fakest mustache. An actual cigar this time. I loved it. Yeah, a fucking $5 foot long mustache, or excuse me, cigar. Like, th- they made this movie with the idea of let's watch Nicolas Cage kick the shit out of Chuck E. Cheese robots. And everything else is fine. Fuck it. Well, whatever we film today is what we get. Nobody cares. <laughs> what takes here, folks? Like, the cop was still breathing because they didn't care to make him stop breathing. And yeah, he's a bad yeah. actor, you know? And it's just like, it's like well, Nicolas Cage is duct taping his wounds. 
He's doing his good Nelly impression. Yeah, I mean, he did have the duct tape right under the eye. And, and, and the thing is, I didn't come into this movie expecting fucking Citizen Kane. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, not at all. <coughs> but, like, even, even taking in the, like, uh, this is sort of, like, tongue-in-cheek. This is uh, probably somewhat intentional or just, like... I would say they, entirely intentional. Or yeah. they just didn't I do care. get, like, Sharknado vibes from this. I feel like they knew what they were doing. Yeah, but it's, it's one of those things where there there's a fine line of um, of be, like suspension of disbelief with that, I guess is the term, or like acceptability. And for me, I'm firmly into the like, I get what you're trying to do. This just isn't my thing. And, and normally, I'm all about like just weird, campy shit like this. I but mean, I, don't you love rubber? Rubber? The movie Rubber about the tire with psychic powers? I have... that. This is have the first... Have you never seen Rubber? No, no. I've heard the myth. I've oh never seen God. this movie. No. It's you a, guys, a tire that kills this is people. A, this is the first time I have ever heard of this movie. You guys have to watch Rubber. It's so weird okay. and meta. You need to write that down. Write down that you need to watch Rubber. <laughs> it's okay. about a psychic sentient tire that kills people watch. with its powers. Yeah, it's like uh, Wilder. It's a 2010 movie, and it has a giant ass tire and a hoochie mama standing next to it. Oh, uh, it's so like there's an audience in it that's supposed to represent the the people watching, and then the tire kills them. Like it's fucking weird. I am shocked that you like with your hipster indie bullshit. Like I'm shocked <laughs> that you don't know Rubber. How have I seen Rubber and you haven't? I, I'm You've got. They're, they're, it's like I know many things about films. I've seen over two hundred and forty of them. <laughs> it's more so on the Criterion end. <laughs> but it, it is sort of interesting, like because, like, I would say everybody here enjoys like fun, silly, wacky shit. But it is sort of funny to think that even amongst like campy, like B grade films, like what that line of like fun to bad ratio is, is going to be wildly different for each person. And, like, as we yeah. saw from the reviews on online, is that even though people realize, oh, this is very intensely, like, the chintzy B-movie, like, Hallmark sort of thing, but it's still ha- – how that sort of plays off is going to, like, be hit or miss depending on what your sort of personal feelings on that is. And plus, there's a lot of people yeah. who don't really like the whole let's make an intentionally bad movie because sometimes it's just bad and – that's but yeah. what that is it's going to be really subjective yeah well and i think that might be like because i really don't know the reason why but that might be it where it feels like they know they're trying to make a bad movie and a lot of movies like the room or sharknado there's an underlying sincerity that makes it <laughs> i feel like the room was entirely sincere when it was made oh a hundred percent yeah he originally said oh no it's a yeah, serious movie Tommy was so just trying to retcon his own bullshit yeah, exactly it's a comedy it's comedy and, and I think when it, when you see people like <laughs> sincerely trying their best and you, you know they swing they swing hard and they miss hard it uh I don't know there's some more endearing aspect versus like this where it's like alright and, and I think too there are some aspects that do seem I don't know if try hard's the right word, but the cinematography 
really irked me. I was, was getting a, oh, mad wrestling Earth. punches. Yeah. No, when that camera's just like, zoom in on the action. Just back and forth, yeah. back and forth. And There's a lot of zooming. Uh, and then a lot of Battlefield Earth angle. Like where the camera's tilted. I know. Oh, that oh like the extreme times. Dutch angle and yeah. shit. Yeah, it was it was stuff like that. And then like uh, <laughs> the scene where the, the two Scooby gang people are fucking in the Satan room. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just this like 360 degree shot <laughs> of just them fucking. <laughs> it and yeah. it's like. <sighs> it was interspersed with fighting and hiding, though. That, that is it wasn't true. just like a five-minute circle of those two pretending to It's fuck. just a helicopter shot of them just porking. <laughs> that, that is true, which does break up. <laughs> but it was like certain things like that and then like definitely intentionally playing with like color saturation to the oh point. Oh, God. Like, yeah, see, like if you like, have an astigmatism or just like human eyes, they cranked up the saturation and color filters extremely high. So like a la Mandy, but like on crack. So, like, your eyes might hurt after watching this film. Also, photosensitivity warning. There is some re- there's a long protracted sequence of flashing lights for one of the kills. So, yeah. heads up for that. Oh, that yeah. strobe was difficult to watch. Like, I get why yeah. they did it. I'm glad it was only, like, 45 seconds. But, but sometimes 45 seconds can feel like an hour when it's yeah. like that. But, yeah, there were things. And then, like... <laughs> The Camaro changes colors. Yes, that fucking car <laughs> changed colors at least three times. Because when it comes up, it it looks black or, or like a really, really, really deep blue. And then they get to the garage slash sheriff station slash trailer trailer. And, and, and it's just like this royal blue. And then there are certain shots where it's black again, and then it, there's just varying degrees of shades of blue this Camaro is. See, I, I think this, this raises an interesting point, and it's your perception of what their intent was that, for all of us that, that really colors our opinions. Because you know, to you, it feels like they might have been you know, being a little try-hard. They wanted to make a silly, fun movie, like just to say, ah, let's see what we can get away with, ha, ha, ha. But to me, it, it like, I got the impression they were all just having fun and fucking around. So it yeah. felt a lot more innocent to me than it might have. You know, innocent's the wrong word, but I, I, like, earnest. More, it felt more yeah. earnest to me than it might have to you guys. I, real, I will say, like, I did read. I mean, granted, it was online. The take it with a grain lie. of salt. But Who would lie on the internet? Oh, they would never do that. No. Never. Um, uh, the director, who was the director of this film? I uh, forget. Yeah. Does but, it matter? No, uh, the director well, he, is, I have it written down. The director is Kevin Lewis. Well, Kevin Lewis, he uh, apparently has admitted that he is a fan of the director of Mandy, and that's probably why some of those parts felt a little familiar. Yeah. That's fair. And uh, well, uh, well, That's one of my behind-the-scenes notes that he said in an interview, like, because this obviously is a like a B-movie-inspired film, he said some of his um, inspirations for it were such notable luminary classics as demonic toys... Puppet Master, mm-hmm. Jack Frost. Yep. Um, the one you, you know, the one with the really bad CG Fang Snowman on it. You've yeah. all seen it. Oh yeah, yeah I've, I've seen the cover. The I haven't seen the movie. Because every time everyone mentions Jack Frost, it's either that I get that confused with or the it, Michael Keaton. The one? My, Michael Keaton. That's the one that comes to <laughs> that's my. That's the only mind. one I've Fair. seen. I haven't Funny seen the horror enough, one. They have almost the same plot. That one was a serial killer and a snowman. It's it is very that. very similar. Uh, the Ginger Dead Man and Critters. <laughs> I love all those movies. <laughs> yeah, which what? Uh, what does that say about me? 
Fuck, I'm surprised he didn't say Pinocchio's Revenge was one that he enjoyed too. The only one that I'm just a little bit familiar with was like Puppet Master, and I still haven't seen that one. It was a good time. I just check out Critters too. Critters is fun. Critters, yeah. I, I've seen bits of Critters, and yeah, that that's that's a fun time. Yeah, also, like hearing that, that's exactly what it feels like he would have been shooting for. And yeah, I don't care. I'm gonna say it. It's a little counterproductive when you're murdering shit left and right in a place you're supposed to be cleaning. But he cleans. He, Every time he I'm, kills a puppet, he puts it in a garbage bag and puts it by the yes. door to take out when it's unlocked. Yes. All these kills are interspersed with other moments of him continuing to wipe the place down. It's like Nick Cage is the Flash because no mere mortal alone, <laughs> solo, would be able to clean Willy's fucking Wonderland by themselves. Well, I mean, also, too, I mean, he was... Going ape shit on these motherfuckers. Do you want to know what he did in the military? He cleaned shit. <laughs> he cleaned the guns. Well, it's it's I mean, funny you said yeah. he went ape shit when he killed the gorilla in the bathroom. Now that was ah. that was the best part of the whole movie. Oh, oh yeah, urinal curb stomp, repeated on repeat in my head forever and ever. Amen. It was great. After that was fighting fantastic. with a plunger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A nice little sword fight with a plunger. <laughs> How did that big fucking gorilla just come out of nowhere? <laughs> Last stall, boom, you're not here. Ah! <laughs> yeah, I think this is a movie, you know, you just don't really question the logic. You can't. You're not supposed to. No, obviously not. You, you throw that Tex shit out of the window. fucking McAdoo is his name. Tex, Tex McAdoo. Yeah, and, and I think like... Name of my next D&D &D character after that. <laughs> <laughs> Because that is 10 out of 10, one of the best villain names ever. For sure. <coughs> but I think uh, sans like a couple characters, I would probably give it a little higher. The 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 final girl of this movie just has, and I know the, the poor girl can't help it, but she has a voice that's like nails on a fucking chalkboard. Yeah. And, and when it's yeah. that, and when she's given that long protracted exposition dump, it's like. It's like monotone, just like one, like one speed, one gear. The yeah, whole and time. There, there's a certain way, there's a certain inflection in her voice that's just like, I don't know what it is. It just she triggers was, me. Yeah, she was my least favorite part of the movie, and I don't know. Cardboard. You know, I'm not gonna say that she's a bad actress because we don't know. No yeah. one's really acting in this movie except Nicolas Cage. But is he though? Yeah, I would say so. He, he was very violent acting. He was very expressive with his he face was. and his grunts. But that's also like I, I, I might be nitpicky. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I, if I would have rated this movie higher, if he probably would have had speaking parts. I thought it was really interesting that he didn't. But I I get. I kind of wanted him to say but some crazy shit. I also get that he wants to always experiment and try new things with his acting. Yeah. So. I'll give him that, but still, I don't have to like. But you know, Final Girl, yeah. like I, we we I can't tell if she's just bad at acting because this is not a movie where the director's gonna be like, no, no, you need to do that better. It's not gonna happen. They're not yeah. going for that. Yeah. Or if she's just trying to be as stiff as possible because that's the car, uh, the Final Girl trope. I mean, I, I think a just, lot. I think a lot of it has to do with the script. Yeah, because she definitely gets. The worst lines, for sure. And She's I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're fucking Daniel Day Lewis. I, there, there's some of those lines you couldn't pull off I don't dramatically, know I even though it's like you're not supposed to. Because I mean, look at Ewan McGregor in the prequels; those lines are dog shit, but he makes them all sound fantastic. So, yeah, like I feel like some of those lines are terrible, but I think uh, like with better direction, 
yeah it could have been better but i mean like like i i i wrote this one down because this is a quote just to let you know how what they know what they're doing this town has a dark history that's how they start the exposition dump like that's not something any serious movie is gonna say oh oh obviously so, but it's like it, that one. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think Ewan McGregor could make that one sound halfway decent. Yeah, it, it, and I think she just got the unfortunate job of having to have all this like being car- being like you know the one sort of main character in a film that has like this really intentionally bad or not. It's still bad in a certain way of like the dialogue and sort of delivering it. So like. <laughs> Whatever her pedigree is, it's definitely stacked against her to deliver, like her not her lines regularly on top of this like the one of the two expository monologues. And she's the straight man, like she has to be the straight man of the movie, so she can't be funny. But she does have some excellent what the fuck looks, like when she notices Cage doing all these things. Her face for that that was incredible. That's why I think she's just she's a good actress in a rough spot. Yeah. Because, like, the other, some of the other Scooby gang, granted, there's that one guy who gets killed in the epileptic scene who just, I don't think he says a single thing in the entire movie. Not true. He did have a funny bit. I forgot what he called the weed he grew. Do you happen to remember what it was called? No clue, I think. Yeah, no clue. He's like, what's in this shit? <laughs> no clue. I thought that was funny. That was funny. That might have been his only line. Uh, yeah. It was. Well, kudos, dude. You had a yeah, that was a good one. For for being the nerd in the Scooby Gang, uh, he, I guess he, he looked like a nerd. Yeah, who knew how to grow weed? Yeah, I, I will say um one of the one of my favorite kills in the movie comes at, like really kind of surprises you when Nighty Night just shanks that dude from behind. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, the asshole who like the one dude that no one liked. Yeah, because like because at that point in the movie, I was just check the fuck out i'm like oh my because this was like all an extended sequence of no cage no it was just the kids yeah, and Scooby I'm just, Gang, yeah i'm just like uh, and then like it, it literally just comes out of nowhere and dude gets fucking ganked in the back and i'm like okay i'm back in this because <laughs> <laughs> at like, that point i was legitimately worried i was like oh no the kids have shown up we're gonna watch them get killed one by one it's gonna be the spooky part of the movie it's going to be everything we've seen before. I'm not looking forward to this. And then they're all fucking dead in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. that's one thing I will say about the movie that I do appreciate is they, they didn't bullshit. They got right to the fucking point. It's like, we know what movie we're watching. Yeah. Let's get, get to the good bits. And then the one dude who wanted to fuck Survivor Girl trusts the animatronic puppet. Like a dumbass. Like, no, this yeah. one's different than dead. It's like, oh, I, I'm saying I'm different, therefore it must be true. Well, that, that part got me thinking. Did we see, like, any sequence of that particular um, animatronic doing anything evil prior to that scene? Prior, no. But there was a flashback Did, immediately after. I know. That's what <laughs> fucking... I, I was stupid. Like, you still had, like, the essence of oil. I, first of all, I knew it was going to be a fucking yeah, bad one, but come did, on. Yeah. You could have had, like, you could have let that one marinate for a minute instead of the very next scene. Oh, yeah, this one's a bad one, too. Well, yeah. With a fucking, like, ripcord tongue. <laughs> well, that's supposed to be the boat. Like, the audience is yelling, Don't trust it, you moron. That's a monster. Like, of course. They don't give you time knows. to say that. <laughs> 
Well, as soon as he pops his stupid head up, like, how do I know you're different? Like, you stupid son of a bitch. How <laughs> like, I like to call that one discount James Vanderbeek. That's yeah. very accurate, yes. Because I was going to say, going over the, um, the animatronics, there's eight over the course of the film. Uh, we have Nighty Knight, Artie Alligator, Ozzy Ostrich, Gus Gorilla, Tito Turtle, Cammy Chameleon, uh, Siren Sarah, and Willy Weasel. Those Siren be- Sarah was fucking creepy. And also, I will say, she's the only one not on the poster because she's explicitly Tinkerbell. Yes. Yeah. Straight yes. up Tinkerbell, just in a blue dress. And really creepy. Because, like, that was, I don't think that was a pub. That was just some lady with a, a fake plaster head. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. all the and rest I, were like people in suits. And, yeah, I, like, and I think I read uh, contortionist or some such. Was like she was super. She, I think weird. she was a, a ballerina, like for real, for real. I believe yeah. like a trained dancer, something like that. Where where like she, the way she was moving with strobe lights and the creepy lights, and then the weird plastic face. Yeah, and then and then she does like the whole like Glasgow smile, rip mm-hmm. open mouth. Like she was fucking scary. The rest of them, yeah, it's what you expect. But <laughs> Siren Sarah sucks in like the it best like way. I thought, I thought it was funny they called her Siren Sarah when she's just a, a regular ass fairy, not like a mermaid or something. Mm. So, not, sorry, my little here, here nerd actually. <laughs> is showing. I'm actually, she's not a siren. I mean, I'm actually surprised we haven't brought this up yet. Granted, I've never played this game. I just knew it was a big thing. It's like obviously like Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, yeah. Like this is the movie. Yeah, because it was originally supposed to be a Five Nights at Freddy's movie that fell through, and they were like, "We still got the script. Let's shoot it." Yeah, it was like we're already here, wasting daylight. Let's go. Which kind of like goes hand in hand, kind of sort of with the whole you know uh, Johnny Cage, Nick Cage thing. Yeah, like, you didn't have the rights. You can't do that. It's a circle. Every, everything's a circle. It all comes a back circle. around. Because <laughs> I, I will say the uh, the screenwriter to film uh, named G O Parsons. Uh, this movie was based off his script for his twenty short, twenty sixteen short film Wally's Wonderland, where he's uh, he he wanted sort of like to get bigger into acting world or to get the music business. So he put his script on the blood list, which is like the blacklist, but for unproduced horror and thriller films. And one day Nick Cage discovered the film is like. I wanted this bit, so he decided to. I'm going to star in this film and also help produce it. I love him so much. Like yeah. That shit right there, and that picture going around of him in the pink leather jacket with the Superman symbols and the wings. That's why we started the podcast. That's the greatest fucking jacket I've ever seen Isn't in my it? life. I would wear that every day. Oh my god! Regardless I want of that. weather, I want it. Like, I would have to have like a Nick Cage like extravagant purchase moment. Like, you know, the unfortunate time of his demise. I'm going to have to go full Conrad mode and track down that fucking jacket because it's going to be mine. <laughs> just, just a bidding war over his personal effects. Yeah. And also, I, I, I haven't had time to like dig deeper into this, but the, the company that distributed this film, Screen Media. Yeah, Screen Media I, Films. I've, I saw it uh, at the beginning of another movie, forgot what it was, but at the bottom, caught my eye, it's a chicken soup for the soul company. Ah! Like, I never read those books, but I knew they were a thing, and I'm just like, wait, what? Well, yeah, they have a movie empire based off of, like, old books? Well, no, actually, Chicken Soup for Soul, 
uh, was a well, yeah, because they, they they were acquired by uh, Screen Media. So actually, they bought Chicken Soup, not the other way around. But still, that's just weird. And like, just, <laughs> and just like unexpected. looking over some of the films they made, it's like these really like tiny little bonkers. Cage films. Fighter, starring John Moxley from yeah. AEW, mm. and uh, they have um, a movie we talked about earlier last year, The Bad Batch. Uh, starring Jason Momoa and Keanu oh, Reeves set in an apocalypse full of cannibals. Oh, wow. Hmm. That movie's not good. Also, I just remembered where I saw the sheriff from, the sheriff lady. She was the bartender in episode one of American Gods. Oh. I just wanted to put that out there. How is that show? You know, I loved the first season, and I enjoyed the second season well enough, but they changed show writers between each season. Uh, that's why Jillian Anderson left after season one because she's married to one of the show the showrunners uh, from season one. So she left, and they got some more people, and it was less good. And then between season two and season three, which I don't think has started yet, they fired like four or five people, including Orlando Jones, who was the best part. He played Mister Anansi. Mm-hmm. And or, also spoilers for American Gods, everyone. Yeah, he played <laughs> Mister Nancy. He's fucking yeah. gone now. Uh, and he spoke out about it because it was racially motivated. Because his character is very, very, uh, very, very, you know, fighting for equality, that sort of thing, standing up. Yeah. And they didn't like it. And so he came out and was like, look, they fired me for this reason. And then apparently the lead guy, uh, Ricky Starks, I think his name, and the one who plays Shadow, was texting him, like, hey, man, you're making this worse for all of us. You need to just calm down. And so Orlando Jones is like, you need to back the hell up or I'm going to show everybody this shit. And so he didn't back the hell up, so he put it all over Twitter. And now everybody is like, okay, we're Team Orlando. Fuck American Gods. Which is unfortunate because that book is really good. The book is so good. And uh, uh, the, the guy who plays Mr. Wednesday, whose name I can usually remember. Oh, uh, Ian McShane. Thank you, McShane. I kept wanting to say McConnell, but that's a musician I saw on TikTok. Ian McConnell. He's really good. <laughs> uh, but no, Ian McShane uh, is fantastic as Mr. Wednesday. Uh, oh, yeah. like when, in general, really. Like, it, when I was reading the book, I was like, he would be a perfect Mr. Wednesday. Yeah. So, I, like, I love the first season. I liked the second season. Uh, I'm going to watch the third season, and I'm probably going to be pretty disappointed. Yeah. But I'm going to watch it. I'm actually surprised out of all the things Sarah Grant's been in, that's the one thing that came to mind first for you was American Gods. Well, I mean, that's just what I've seen the most of. I've rewatched the first yeah. season a few times. It's really good. Yeah, and, I totally uh, forgot she was in Speed. And mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, wasn't she in Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, yes. Julie Newmar? Yes. Starring John Leguizamo, who is fantastic. Yes. Oh, yeah, that movie is like, fucking fantastic. A, a cinematic gay icon, Julie Newmar. <laughs> God, that, that, that fucking first, like, five minutes had us all screaming. Did any of you guys see The Pest with John Leguizamo and Aries Spears? A very, 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 <laughs> very I, I've long heard time tell ago. about that movie. <laughs> That's... Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid, <laughs> and I still love it. I, I've heard it's uh, it's a, <laughs> it's something. It's something. It's yeah. better than Spawn though, because he was also in Spawn. Yeah, he was. He was, but he, he was great in Spawn. He was. He the was clown. the best part of Spawn yeah. for sure. Uh, Michael Jai White did his best. I love Michael Jai White, but that was just it was Michael not. Michael Jai movie. White was Spawn in the old. He was yes. Spawn, bro. Holy shit! Spawn, Black Dynamite, Dark Knight. He's the guy who got a pencil through his face. Is yeah, that, that's that. that, that Wait, was no, that? no, no. He was the one with the knives in the mouth. No, the guy that got the pencil in his face was, that, was the Asian guy. Oh, yeah. He was the one leading the group of the guy that got a pencil in his face. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
So Willy's Wonderland. Willy's yeah, Wonderland. that was a movie that we watched. Um, look, we're going to talk about a lot of Cage on this show. But we can talk about other shit. Yeah. Like I, WandaVision. Why aren't you watching it yet? Pause the episode. We'll wait. Also, I just wanted to bring this uh, up. Granted, a um, little tidbit of information. I heard months ago uh, that there was a possible face-off reboot happening. Mm-hmm. But now I am uh, seeing headlines saying that this is now going to be a direct sequel. So, huh. oh my God, what's going to happen here? Well, Cage probably won't be in it because his character is quite dead. Oh, but, that you know, they can do shit because, you know, movies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I Face Off is not known for its realism. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, how is that? That's the most realistic movie since, since like, anything Daniel Day-Lewis has been in. All I could say is I cannot fucking wait for that episode. Oh, that's one here. of my personal favorites. <laughs> that's going to be a good one. Yeah, that, that's the one. Like, but when Justin came to me, I was like, Face here, Off. Uh, I, I would be down if uh, both uh, John Travolta and Nick Cage signed on it because, you know, you know, Travolta's now balder and crazier. And desperately needs a good movie. Yes, like for a millennia now. <laughs> and, you know, Nick Cage is, well, he's fucking Nick Cage. Damn he right. also needs to stop being a Scientologist. <laughs> I mean, that would be helpful. He's a shit person. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know which is worse, his Scientology or the Fanatic. Which uh, I still need to see. I know y'all tell me oh, I, can, I don't need to. You're going to be gonna, real sad. I know. It's I'm always sad. Why can't I just, you know, continue? The <laughs> but no, no, Ken, I, I support your desire to watch it. because Just because we didn't have a good time watching it doesn't mean that you won't. But I still might hate it. I you, mean, you might, I, it's very possible. Like, I was five sheets in the like, wind watching I have it. Se- I have seen, vi- well, let me, let me rephrase. I've started videos about this movie because... After I heard the first line of dialogue is, <laughs> I can't talk right now, <laughs> no, I, I gotta, gotta poop. poop. <laughs> I stopped the video and I said, I have to watch this movie. Oh, yeah. No, I, the, I have to watch it. John, who do we find out today uh, has a very John Travolta fanatic haircut today? Oh, Ted Cruz. Ted what? Cruz, Ted Cruz straight up has the John I don't Travolta. know if that's real or if that was Photoshop. Uh, it has to be Photoshop. Because <laughs> last I saw a picture of him like a couple days ago, he looked... Well, not normal. He still looks like Ted Cruz. But, uh, oh, my. Wait, let me see this shit. Okay. No, it looks like he just got a bad barber. Oh, my God. That is the fanatic haircut. That looks like his barber hates him, which is fair because That's like it's a Ted beaver Cruz. mullet. For reference, the fanatic haircut, it's a mullet going down the back of the head, but it's faded on the sides and buzzed on the top. Like a Caesar thing happening at the time it's just it, it's not a good look and uh, one last bit on on the face off apparently there is a running uh fan cast right now for face off two that people seem to be uh putting some stock into is um it's what it leads to be robert pattinson and tom hardy i mean if they want to make it serious sure that would that'd be fine but i, I would like to see them get wacky because i think they can get wacky I, I know Tom fun. Hardy can get wacky. Yeah, I've seen Fuck Venom. It. Tom Hardy can get wacky. Give me Jack Black and Seth Rogen. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> You'd watch that shit. I wouldn't pay for it. I didn't say pay for I it. I said watch it. <laughs> Fucking Jack Black in a Speedo on TikTok is something I've seen, and I can't etch it. Yeah, I, I see it a lot. He's a, he does that a lot. I know. And, and it's like I, 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 I've more or less seen his cock, and it's like... <laughs> Well, of course you have. He does cock push-ups all the time. It's very strong. Tenacious D reference. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, granted, I they could totally do a direct sequel like with you know two completely different characters, but I don't know if that's just me being a purist. I would like to see two older, crazier versions of those characters again. I think that would be fantastic. Fuck yeah. That's why people like the first one. Because Nicolas Cage is so good at kicking ass that, as in Willy's Wonderland, he can kick a jukebox to get it to start playing and then fight two different animatronics while handcuffed Yeah, with zip ties, which he then breaks the fuck out of just by flexing real hard. Just bam. Pop. Oh, it's so good. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, yes. We're all overwhelmed with how fantastic <laughs> that scene was. And that was, uh, that was right before his third weasel stare down. Because, you know, the, the Willy is the weasel who is the main serial killer soul that was put into these animatronics. And also the only one that gives him any trouble in a fight. That is true. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he, he has just... to go back for a second round for Willie because he has to uh, gl- uh, tape two drumsticks uh, together and make a blackjack out of a burlap sack and soda cans. Yeah, the final energy drinks that he did not consume during his breaks. But I yeah. also loved when Tex McAdoo walked in and saw the place was clean. <laughs> and Cage just smiles at him, holds his hand out to get his keys for his car. That was a cool moment. That was yeah. incredible. Until, until Freebird starts playing. Fucking Freebird playing. God I, I'm damn. sorry. The <laughs> movie, like, and granted, I'm not a fan of Leonard Skinner because growing up in Alabama, you hear Sweet Home Alabama on ad nauseum. Every five seconds. Every five seconds. And they make you salute. Yeah, they do. Well, apparently Mississippi adopted that goddamn song as their national anthem, too, because they treated... Oh, goddamn it. I have my own story. There's a reason why I cringed at Freebird, but finish, please. But, yeah, like, and, and I'm I'm not a huge fan of Freebird, even though the guitar solo at the end is awesome. Oh, yeah. However, Freebird's one of those songs you got to earn. This movie did not. This it. movie did not earn Freebird. I'm sorry. The bar for earning Freebird is so fucking low at this point. Right? Yes, because Leonard Skinner needs money. Y- yeah, like, look, <laughs> that's the bar. Right I there. despise Freebird as a song. This is the only time I've ever liked hearing Freebird. Nope. Because it starts playing. Survivor Girl walks up because she's made her way back from the the turtle that's on the road and the dead cop who won't stop breathing. And just looks at Nick Cage because her whole like her adopted family is now dead. Her real real family's been dead for fifteen years, and Cage just looks at her, gets in the car, and she gets in the car with him. Yeah, but like I don't know. One, the movie was like ninety minutes, and I feel like to earn that, you need something that's longer, like an epic, like both Kill Bill movies together. Look, no one, no <laughs> one is allowed to use Freebird anymore. After Kingsman, no one's allowed. I'm sorry, that's the best usage of that song in a movie. I still in my have opinion. Yeah, to no, I have, to, I have to agree with that. Yeah, that was, that everyone, was really good. Everyone else is grounded from using Freebird. <laughs> it can't be done. All right. Uh, Should not be done. Chicken Soup for the Soul Movie Incorporated. <laughs> Do you hear that, Hollywood? Four dudes in Alabama who like Nicolas Cage are telling you no more Freebird. Freebird, you can't And also, Don't make us come over there. And also, I used to work at this shitty-ass fucking gas station that I had to drive 30 minutes to get to. It was not fun. And I had third shift, which was 10 o'clock at night to 6 a.m. the next morning. Ooh, graveyard. Yeah. 
uh, they had a radio there. They, I, I just like kept it on wherever the fuck they wanted. It was usually the rock, uh, rock station. I just let it go. But every night, damn near at midnight, they would play Freebird, <laughs> like on the dot, like it's fucking New Year or something. Just playing Freebird, <laughs> and it just drove me insane. But you know, working a third shift at a gas station will drive anybody insane. That's true. Yeah. It also yeah. doesn't help that the song's like ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah, you know what song is good for being more than 10 minutes? It's the full version of I Would Do Anything for Love by Meatloaf. Yeah. That song is like 45 minutes, the and it's great. The song ever. I yeah. love that song. It's a great song. Yeah, there, there are a lot of songs that are more than five minutes that I enjoy. Hmm. Freebird's not one of those. No, that's fair. Freebird could be a minute and a half. I'd still hate it. Yeah. And it wouldn't be the first Nicolas Cage movie to feature Leonard Skynard. True. Very true. There's a lot of people angry right now. A lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, the uh, one Leonard Skinner fan who's listening to this show is like, he said it wrong. And then it, the other one guy who's listening to the show, because there's only two of them. He's like, yeah, no, that cannon's right. Yeah, fuck Leonard Skinner. You, you cause one guy to have an aneurysm, and the other guy's like, you know what? Sure. And we want to thank both of you for listening. Thank you very much. We're doing the Lord's work. Our Lord Nicholas Cage, the one true God. Uh, so, trying to think of any other moments that stand out. Um, I well, believe that's all my notes, honestly. Well, yeah, I pretty much we pretty much covered like I did. Love how they ran over the turtle that was still in the road. Oh yeah, that, that I was my pretty, balls there at the end. My balls. And the fact that uh, Tex McAdoo and random tow truck dude who got, looks like who looks like Harvey Weinstein. He's very Weinsteiny. They got blown the fuck up by yeah. Siren Sarah there at the end. So. I, I'm sniffing a sequel. Why and I, I just loved how he called Tex McAdoo's like looking at Nicolas Cage driving off and like, that's one tough hombre. And like, that made me happy. Also, can we talk about how the explosion happened miles behind them and somehow in full-blown drive angry mode, Nick Cage, for some reason, has flames in the front of his sunglasses as they're driving away. I don't think that was related. I think that's just how That Cage was just a thing. That was creative choice. I yeah. know it was. It's like still. It's like Michael Bolton. Like Nicholas Cage's glasses just have fire in them. It's like Michael Bolton's hair back when it was long. It just blows. There's no wind. <laughs> it just does that. It, it, it has a mind of its own. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Nick Cage is just staring at Guy Fieri's shirt. <laughs> Tell me how I'm supposed to live without you. I do love Michael Bolton. Um, oh. the, like this movie definitely wins an award for best sex scene with Nick Cage and Pinball Machine. It was like, a good one. <laughs> that uh. is true. It was really awkward how they were juxtaposing that in the 360 teenage sex scene. That that was a little weird. But <laughs> him, him like basically so uh, coming his britches. To like the fucking... I was just waiting for the bow 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 bow. bow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know the name of the song, but I just know what it, how it goes. So yeah, I I loved Willy's Wonderland. It, uh, like I said, it it had its uh, fun moments. Um, what I enjoyed, I enjoyed, but what I didn't enjoy, overcome what I did. But again, as always, there's a, there's a lot of cage to cover. Yeah, and like some of these are like some of my favorite movies of all time, so. and some of them we're all going to universally hate. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And I think... That's why I love the idea of this podcast, because I knew we all weren't going to agree. Yeah. Oh, See, yeah. I but, was surprised. And, I like. I figured Jonathan would have gripes because <laughs> hipster indie bullshit. But, yeah, I didn't think Cannon would hate this movie more than anybody else. No, actually, I didn't. He gave it the lowest score. Yeah. John yeah, was but he's praised Cam- it more. <laughs> uh, I said there And were you lowered spots. yours because of the grape soda. Oh, that was that was a bit. Was it? But now I'm doing it, so fuck it. No. <laughs> Letterbox is law. The just, only review that I've lowered my score on is Rise of Skywalker. Don't worry. When we do Left Behind, your score is going to start. You see, I, oh, I, I wasn't for the lower half of that one, but uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that one as well. God, oh. In, in oh. sort of like a proto version of this podcast. I watched Left Behind. Would it yeah. be Would it be cool if we just like do like a quick little round table? What are some movies? What are some Nick Cage movies that we're all excited about in the future? Yeah, let, let's do that. We're new and fresh. We're still like ironing out. All right, the you go first, Cannon. Yeah, Cannon's your idea. Okay. You um, in my humble opinion, his last legit good movie, like across the board, Lord of War. I love Lord of War. I love that movie so fucking much and of course you know con air and face off are another two of my like top like action movies silly fucking great action movies of all time mm-hmm. uh and for the most part after looking at a list there's a lot of cage i haven't seen so i'm excited to see the things that i haven't because like even with left behind he's good in it yeah, like he yeah. Was, he's the only good part. He was acting his ass off, and I'm excited for that one because uh, uh, that 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 movie is something. <laughs> it made me miss the Kirk Cameron version, and, and oh, that is a very low bar. <laughs> yeah, you you have to <laughs> actively try. Weren't there like several of those? Three. Think, one of them the, had Gary Busey. Uh-oh. So less than the books, apparently. Yeah, no, they never finished because those books were garbage and the movies were garbage <laughs> and the whole movement behind it's garbage. Oh, my God. My mom had a roommate at one point that had, like, all of those books. And I was bored in the house, and I was like, a part of me was board. like, maybe I should. Bored in the house, and in the house, bored. <laughs> Making my titties bounce like Batista. No, um. <laughs> but, no, I almost read them. I, I didn't read them, though. For me, um, part of the, the show, I think, would be a great vehicle for me to sort of explore some of the – the Cage classics I never got to see. Like, I haven't seen, um, like, Face Off and Ooh, some of the movies like that. I can't wait. Right, I'm supposed to give me a chance to rewatch Con Air, because I haven't seen Con Air since I was, eight, mm, like, mm. seven years old. So good. I love that movie so much. But I am excited to see. I want to see the Ghost Riders. Uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Well, one of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, however good or bad the movie is, we're going to have a good time on this show. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make yeah, a good mistake. Time, yeah. um, the Ghost Riders, I said, I'm strangely curious about Sorcerer's Apprentice. I liked it. Uh, one caught my attention, one of his like smaller, older films, Birdie, where he has a friend who thinks he's a bird and he's trying to help his friend realize his dreams. I haven't even seen that what? one yet. So. Yeah, so th- that that's on the... The 111 Cage movie list. Uh, for me, uh, ones I, I, a lot of the ones y'all said, like Con Air, Face Off. I've not seen those movies in years. Want to revisit those? Um, Raising Arizona. Never got a chance to see that. Me one. So either. Good. So me good. Either. Um, 
even though I'm not a huge fan of this movie, I I, I want to revisit Wild at Heart. Uh, fuck, what was it? Uh, and Adaptation. Adaptation's very good. The Charlie I've, Kaufman, Spike Jones movie. I've always <laughs> been curious about that one. Never, never marked it off the list. Like, I'm excited to hear you guys shit on Left Behind. That's going to be super fun. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. Uh, but also, like, I, I wanted you guys to see The Color Out of Space. Yeah. Because oh. that, like, I, I have no doubt that you're all going to think that's a very well-made, well-done movie because it's wonderful. It's Richard Stanley directing it, and, and Cage is in it, and he's incredible. Uh, I'm excited for that one. I'm excited for you guys to watch Bringing Out the Dead. Oh, that's the Martin Scorsese yes, one, right? Yes, the Scorsese right? one. Where he's oh, like the paramedic. Shit. Yeah, paramedic who's fucked up all night. Oh, it's like, it's yeah. really good. And then the only one I'm not looking forward to is the one he did with Cher. I don't remember the name of that one. Yeah, yeah I, I don't like Cher. I've seen one scene, the <laughs> snap out of it. That's about yeah. it. Now, there's a, fun, a lot of fun backstory about that movie, but I just don't like Cher. Oh man, I'm sorry. I may freaked out Darwin with that way clap. Too, way too offend the gay community, Jim. <laughs> I but, just don't like Cher. He he doesn't believe in life after love. I, evidently not. I mean, I just don't like Cher. What did Cher do to you? Did she piss in your Cheerios? No, my mom loved Cher, so I heard Cher all the goddamn time. <laughs> okay, that ma- that ma- that'll do it. That that'll makes sense. That's it. also why I refuse to ever listen to or be in a room where. I love rock and roll by Joan Jett is playing. Will not do it. Cannot do it. You cannot make me do it. I will shank you. Yeah, that that song. That was my mom's favorite song. She would yell it loudly. I love her to death, but she was so tone deaf. Could not, (laughs) could not carry a tune if you held the bucket for her. She every time she just blasts the shit, and I hate that song with every fiber of my. And it's not even Joan Jett's fault. It's not a bad song. I just can't listen to it. And it's a really repetitive song. Super repetitive. It's like a we're not going to take it. Yeah, I mean, I like that song, but it's very repetitive. I just can't do it. Just can't do it. And I feel that way about Cher. I don't like Cher. Uh, Cher is. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm defending Cher here. <laughs> but um, yeah, well. I, I will say when when we get to the uh, the moon circle, there there will be some Cher defenders. Happening, and that—that's fine. I just don't like Cher. But uh, let's not forget her best role ever, playing herself in the film *Stuck on You*. Why did you make me remember that exists? <laughs> it exists. You're a bastard. What? You don't like that movie? No. I actually like that movie. I don't like Cher. <laughs> we know you don't like Cher, but yep. we have to answer the hot Put that questions. That on a fucking T-shirt. We. We have to give everybody what they really want to know. The hottest question on the message boards that don't exist. Right. The, with the yeah. two guys who listen to the show so far. <laughs> who are both Leonard Skinner fans. <laughs> and also kind of sort of share fans. <laughs> I mean, since we're making them up, why not? It could be anything. Does Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse count? For what? It's a Nick Cage movie. Yeah, of He's course. Because oh, that's what I was going to ask. If, like, are we only doing Cage movies? If that... Cage is in it, we're doing it. Okay. I There's going to be like, an episode it... on the history of swear words. Uh, uh, we, we, can, we can do that, um, that Pachinko commercial he was in in Japan. 
fuck it, why not? Yeah. We'll put the, we'll do a we'll do an episode with like the history of swear words, the commercials he's done, the weird shit that he's just in for a little bit. Teen Titans go to the movies. Fuck it. Everything Cage. I still have to see that. It's so good. The, the bits that I've seen at the shop, uh, I was like, I, yeah. They're hel- it's it hilarious. Because all I, I hear is the show is trash, but the movie's great. I love the show. Yeah. People, people just mad about the show because, like, well, they took away the good Teen Titans for Teen Titans. You know, no, Teen Titans was canceled for, like, four years, and then they brought the original oh, cast so and showrunners back for Teen Titans Go. They're just mad. I'll tell you the moment that won me over for Teen Titans Go. They are in Robin's room, and in the background, on a shelf, completely uh, unattended to. There's no attention paid to it whatsoever. There's an urn with the name Jason taped across from it with a crowbar leaned up against that shit. And that is fucking hilarious. And I love <laughs> that show. Oh, uh, was it Nick Cage in one of the, the previews for Grindhouse? Yeah, he was. You see, I yeah, saw I that. that I too. don't Fuck remember it. that. I've seen that. I, was it like Werewolves of the SS? I didn't oh. really like Grindhouse. I like Planet I Terror more than um, Death, Death Proof. Yeah, I like Death Proof better, but I just love Kurt Russell. I, like Kurt Russell's great. That that movie's way too fucking long. Yeah, no, those, it would have been better like thirty <laughs> minute shorts. And the funny part is, it's not even that long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, well, I think like the the movies together they cut. Oh yeah, it. together yeah. it's long as fuck. But but yeah, I mean like individually. Yeah, I, I, Planet Terror was fun, but. But yeah, no, if Cage is in it, we're going to talk about it. Because no one's going to cage our greatness. No one. No one. Because I did some research. Apparently, there's some competition out there. Yeah. We got to be number one. Yeah. Well, there's there's one other dude who he uh, runs the subreddit on Reddit. He's got a podcast. But I haven't listened to it. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Yeah. But we're better. I will say when I post. Humble brag. Better when I posted the uh, Cage of Greatness for on the AYC Instagram, there was a, an account that uh, apparently is also cage related. There's just like hell yeah, boys! I'm excited. Uh, hell keep, yeah! Go. Oh good. Shout See? out if if you're not a bad person. Shout out to um, <laughs> Big Broham on Instagram. Right, unless he's like a Nazi or something. Yeah, yeah. In the, which case, we don't like that guy. We, we do not we endorse do not. or support Big Broham if he's not a bad if he's a bad person. Right. <laughs> But, you know, the one true religion of cageism, we're very open, we're very inclusive, except to share. <laughs> no share. Oh, fine. Which, which is share tangent. can join. But Thomas Jefferson, however, can fuck right no, fuck on fuck Thomas on. Jefferson. That dude sucks. He was really bad. So, uh, piece of right. shit. <laughs> like, even Martha Washington was like, fuck that guy. Like, everybody was like, fuck that guy. Everybody. Everybody. Because he fucked everybody. He did fuck everybody. That's why everybody says fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> fuck Thomas Jefferson. And I think that'll do it for us today on Cajun Greatness. Uh, we thank you so much for listening. Uh, and uh, we hope that all two of you enjoy it. <laughs> and now we're going to do our plugs. And tell your two friends. So yes, tell to. your two friends. And then they'll tell two friends. And it'll be a pyramid scheme of cage. Multi-level marketing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, Cannon, tell the guys where they can find you, all both of our fans. Well, both of you can find me. Uh, you can actually follow my journey into the world of Cage on Letterboxd at That Cannon Guy. You can also follow me, again, at That Cannon Guy on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, pretty much everything. It's the same across the board. Yep. 
Uh, this is Patrick. Thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at John Lost His Name and My Art on Facebook at John Lost His Name Art. And my name is Jonathan. You can follow me on Twitter at J-O-N-I-I-B-O-I-24 and John Ownson 12 on Letterboxd. And I, of course, am Justin. You can find me anywhere online that has Captain Shimmy in it. That's probably me. It's Captain Shimmy's Kind of Art. Captain Shimmy's Almost Music. Uh, you can find me at the comic strip uh, in Tuscaloosa. That's the business where I own and work. And uh, you can always listen to us here on, uh, on the show. And just remember, never let anyone cage your greatness, especially Cher. <laughs> Goodbye. Good night. Bye, guys. How absurd. Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? How absurd. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence.